the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Facebook and Apple seem to be in the news in 2018 quite a bit. Apple's become the largest public company in the world the old-fashioned way. They charge lots of money for it. Okay, I don't know if that's the old-fashioned way or not. So I'll just refrain from judgment. But it's not surprising to me. CEO Tim Cook, you know, he, he would chafe at times as Facebook grew to the challenge Apple supremacy without charging its users a dime. So Facebook's a big company, not as big as Apple, but it's still a pretty darn big company. It's one of the biggest in the world, right? So Apple gives away something that costs lots of money, because they don't give it away. And their phones have been going up in price since they debuted. Facebook gives away something for free. And there's been a lot of tension in the news recently about Apple and Tim Cook. And uh, they've been trying to distance themselves from Facebook. Say, you know, our data isn't compromised. Like, their data is compromised. Tim Cook's hardly a, a, a rabble-rouser. He'll, he'll partake in some of the rabble, but he's not a rabble-rouser. He accused Facebook of building a business based on the invasion of privacy. Oh, that's kind of fighting words, right? And I, I'm not going to say you disagree with it. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg proved his composure during days and days of getting grilled by Congress. He's a little less patient when it comes to Cook's criticism. He goes, we're not just serving rich people. You need to have something that people can afford. Wow. I will say that, I don't know how you feel about this, but don't you think that sometimes you see people looking at their phones, people looking at their phones, and you go, I wonder if they save for retirement. When you see people at football games decked out in body armor, and they're, they're drunk, and they're rowdy. They're rowdy rabble rousers. Rowdy rabble rousers. Then you sometimes go, I wonder what he's going to do in retirement with that suit of armor. You know, the, the Raiders have some of the most intriguing pregame costumes or game costumes by fans. Do those get thrown in the trash at some point, or do you just, like, retire them into the, the graveyard of Raider folklore? So for now... We're in the world of tech where there's a little bit of a divide going on. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Alphabet. Amazon's getting a lot of negative press because they don't pay their factory workers, their warehouse workers, a ton of money. And there's a lot of robotics. And there's been some examples of people, not examples, there's an undercover reporter who went into Amazon's warehouse and said, you know, some employees reported to me that they peed in cups because they didn't have time to take breaks if they were going to meet their quote-unquote quotas. And it was more like working in jail than at a major tech company. Now, again, it, how, how much do you believe reporters or not? I don't know. I always try to, like, I, I'm not judging your life. I'm letting you judge your life. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, they all have problems right now. 
Facebook's got the data uh, privacy issues. Amazon's got the not paying their employees enough. Apple, will the Apple 10 uh, slice bread or not? The divide's been amplified by the Facebook controversy. Um, that these aren't all the same companies, and we can't broad-based say they, they should all go higher. When your money, when your revenue comes from advertising, it, it, it I'm not going to say it's a two-way street because that's cliche, but it's a lot tougher for Facebook to succeed over time. Um, the margins get better for sure because you're not building expensive stuff and trying to sell it for expensive prices. But it's also not easy to like do that much of a mass appeal to sell into bullet shots of advertising into, a mass, into the masses without compromising some sort of data, right? So the Tesla has revenue per user of about $37,430. Amazon's revenue per user spends about $596 per year. The average Apple user, $291. We fork over to Netflix, $125. Uh, no, well not, we, yeah, that's the revenue per user. Facebook, they pull in $26 per user. Twitter, 8 bucks. Snap, 7 bucks. Kind of gives you some perspective. No? No? But there's a lot of debate going on, you know, with the free freemium in video games, the free business model in social media. You got to give up something, right? A friend of mine likes to uh, go to Disney. You see snaps and you see... Um, Facebook updates all the time on Disney. That's That information is being sold to every amusement park, every vacation company in the nation because getting you to their... That's tough. Getting someone that they know is going to be spending money is tough. And getting it right. So it's like... I've been approached in the past about advertising on cable. I'm like, well, okay, so for a financial institution, what channels do you want? You probably don't want Comedy Central. <laughs> Unless it's funny, financial content, which some question if I am or not. Uh, you probably want on the Golf Channel. And you're like, why? Because that's where a lot of millionaires watch their days. Because they'll watch the, comedy, uh, the Golf Channel and then go golfing that weekend. Uh, Game of Kings? I don't know. Isn't that horse racing? That's horse racing. Uh, 800-516-1220. Can you tell I watched uh, little HBO last night, so I'm a little tired. A little tired? It all, it all works, right? Amazon's got a domestic robot project intended as robot butler maid, a la Rosie from the Jetsons. Don't you kind of hope that they codename the project? Instead of doing Vesta... Instead of doing Amazon's Lab 126, don't you kind of wish that you could name Rosie the Robot? Remember watching that as a kid? So, the Jetsons. Meet George Jetson. This doesn't bring back memories for me. I know, yeah, he was sliding and everything, and he's being pulled out of bed. So Amazon's making a big push into robots, and uh, it's not a surprise. So Tencent Music Plans IPO. Tencent Music, one of those Chinese internet companies, right, that everyone was so fascinated with. China's largest music streaming company is preparing for its biggest IPO. What 
tech company from China do you want to own? Do you want to own Alibaba, which is the Amazon of China? Do you want to own Tencent, which is the Spotify of China? Do you have a care? Do you have a preference? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Money, 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 getting your retirement. That's what the show is all about. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Sign up for an event at Rob Black Show and use code Radio25 to get in for free if you've never been to an event before. Thanks so much. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. It's almost that time again. Time for the NFL Pizza Hut. It's going to put its stamp on the NFL starting with the 2018 draft. There's big money in pizza. Papa John's split from the NFL. Couldn't have come at a better time for Pizza Hut. Publicly traded company, Yum Brands. Yes, you could invest in the eight-legged chicken monster from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Pizza Hut's taken over as the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. It's gearing up for its big promotion over draft weekend. Football and pizza automatically go together for a lot of people. A lot of people think that uh, fantasy football and uh, pizza go together and uh, draft day to see how your team did uh, and pizza and uh, kick out. Like, a lot of this stuff works together, right? So Pizza's going to do a NFL draft deal. Two medium pizzas and an order of wings and breadsticks from 1999. Go try to make two pizzas on your own with wings and breadsticks for 1999 and energy costs. I bet you can't do it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Ten-year treasury's moving up. So let's talk to Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony? Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hello. Clients are moving to Colorado, Idaho, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and other states. Typical client for this one realtor has been in their home for decades and no longer feels connected to the changing community. Wow. I honestly feel that myself in eight years, I, I, I went from living in a town with plumbers and electricians to they're all dot commers. I'm not a dot commer. So I'm a media guy and that just didn't work. It's not working for me. I'm not really feeling connected. It's, it, I think this is a theme that'll play out for um, years to come where people are trying to figure out. You know, they're getting older. Where are we going to retire? Is it too expensive to retire here? Is all of our money tied up in the house? Uh, we have a couple that we just uh, did a transaction for where they, before they moved, they refinanced their house, took a bunch of cash out, kept the house, moved to Colorado, and retired in Colorado. And they were two policemen that worked here in the Bay Area. And they live on a smaller pension that fits their budget in Colorado. Um, but I think that is one of the strange phenomenon that I think we're going to see is people keeping their houses here because the rents are so high. And they, you can manage a mortgage. You can actually profit from uh, the high rents here. So where is the inventory to come from? Where is it going to come from is, I think, a big question that we're going to see, even with rates going up and home prices going up, I think the low inventory will continue driving prices uh, and people will still be have that. They'll see that as an allure towards real estate here. Are you ever going to let me talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with the uh, mortgage thing, because I got that going on in my life where I've got a low cost mortgage. And now, quite frankly, there's higher cost mortgages. And my low cost mortgage makes it even better. It just got a little bit better. Um, tougher to compete with me. 
and I can make a little bit more money than the guy who's trying to become a landlord now. So that's going on out there. Um, some people are selling their homes now in Bitcoin. Has anyone brought that up to you? No. They want Bitcoin because the millennials think that Bitcoin's going to 100000 So some people are saying, give me Bitcoin now because I'll get appreciation on top of selling what I sold you the house for. Um, so that's out there. Would you buy, would you let somebody pay you in Bitcoin for your house? No. Yeah. So, um, but that's neither here nor there because the show's not about me. Why are you always making it about you? I made it about you. Oh, you're fine. So 800 me, and it always has been. So buying a home right now, I think all the rules of buying a home are, are out on the peninsula. They're out the window. But they're not out, like, if you're looking at Lafayette or Tahoe, you still want to do the home inspection. You still want to find a good realtor. You still want to, you know, get close to good schools. Um, yeah, I think, I think, are you talking about, like, contingencies? You, you're going in, all in. I'm, I want this house. I don't care if it's crooked, it's flooding. I want this house. This is what you're going to have to pay for it. Right. Yeah. It, it's the contingencies have gone a lot of we've we've gone from no loan contingency, no appraisal contingency. And now it's, you know, if you get an inspection, there's something wrong. The, the sellers aren't even doing concessions on it. They're just doing that for full disclosure. Uh, cracked foundation. Fine. Here. Fifty thousand dollars. Sure. I'm still selling the house at one point four. And that's because I have a full as is offer right behind you. And that's what we're getting. We're getting that in a lot of the one to one point five million dollar range because they're extremely desirable right now. And that's the step up level for most people in the Bay Area of going from like a, a a three and one to a four and two or two and one to a three and two. We're seeing a lot of that where th- that part of the market is very, still very healthy. I was looking at a East Bay city that is pretty desirable to me: Lafayette, uh, Marinda, uh, Arinda. La Marinda. Yeah, Lafayette, Linda, um, that whole area over there, Moraga. A three bedroom is going to cost you one point two million. A four bedroom is going to go one point five. So it's almost like that fourth room is three hundred thousand. Yep. And I saw it consistently enough. I was like, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting what you get for your money, isn't it? So you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. When you're buying a home, I still want to use my eyeballs and look for cracks and look for windows and quality. Some people don't. Some people want as is. I'm still looking for quality, and I'll be patient. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my mortgages. He's good at what he does at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. We talk about mortgages and interest rates because it's part of the financial picture, right? Just as having children is expensive. Just as, again, you have to kind of pay attention to all these, right? Um, insurance drives me crazy that I've seen a couple companies in the Bay Area really thrive on selling you insurance for your portfolio called an annuity. Annuities are bad product for most people, but the person who sells them to you, it's really good product because it's one of the highest commission products on the planet, and you're bringing big money to the table, and money, not even like product at that point in time, it's just currency, right? Amazon said that they're going to be working on robots in the house, and a company called uh, iRobot falls 6.6% on that news. Isn't that funny how that works? Um, again, do we want more robots in the house? Yeah. Like, 
if you have a second home, do you want it something to automatically dust in it for you? And do you want something turning up the heat for you when you go up and it's cold weather? Yeah. So it's unclear what tasks an Amazon robot might perform, but iRobot down on the news. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Got a big radio seminar event coming up in Cupertino. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. Use code radio25. Listen to the commercials and you'll pick up on what it's all about. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Mortgage buyer Freddie Mac said the average rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage has climbed to 4.47%. One thing I wish I had done earlier in my life on so many facets and levels and playing fields was I wish I would have taken more chances. More chances in love, more chances with real estate, more chances with stocks. Uh, I don't want to be a spendthrift. I don't want to like save every single penny and be a miser. Although I did think the movie... Scrooge was unbelievably fantastic. When old Ebenezer <clears throat> got his realization that he was going to be good, I was like, no, no, you're ruining Christmas. You're giving away all your money. So Amazon's got a top secret plan to build robots, home robots. <laughs> I, will, I will admit, if a robot could bring me toilet paper when you sat on said toilet and done your business and you look around, you're like, oh, I got one cube. Not going to be enough. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This brings CFP Chad Burton. I'm going to be hanging out with him soon at a seminar. Uh, a little promotion of that and his knowledge base. He does the show here 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays on AM 1220 KDOW. It's a great show if you like financial planning. He's top of his game. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, i got a couple of emails for you. All right, let's do it. What do you think about just investing in the total stock market? Annual return is 12% average over the last 20 years. I think that, uh, well, you and I talk about this all the time. I mean, one of the great things that you can do if you're first starting out as an investor and you want to go open up your Roth IRA, you're young, you're you're not going to panic out when you have stock market corrections, total stock market indexes, but you're only getting US if you do that. And that's an issue, in my opinion. So I would try to go um, maybe 70% total stock market US, 15% emerging markets, 15% in international developed, if you're going to start accumulating. And the greatest way to do this, in the past, to be able to do a monthly dollar cost average, all that means is a monthly contribution. Sometimes you're buying high, sometimes you're buying low, right? That's what dollar cost averaging means. Mm-hmm. Is uh, You used to be have to go to no-load fund companies like Vanguard to do that. Now, if you want to have everything in one place, you can open up a Roth IRA if you're eligible or a regular taxable account at TD Ameritrade, Schwab, whatever it may be, and you can buy uh, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Right. And if you look on their no transaction fee ETF lists, which they all have now, there's about a hundred or more, you can find total stock market index options in the US and international. So what I tend to tell people is for your first, you know, up to hundred to two hundred thousand dollars is yeah, go ahead and accumulate index funds. 
once you become more wealthy, you you need you need some wealth management means you know you're also worried about the downside, and uh, so more active management in the areas of small cap, emerging markets, international, I think is important. But when you're younger, timing the market doesn't matter. Apps that time the market. Uh, it's tr- software that time the market. People that look at charts and think they can time the market. Yeah, they sound cool on radio, but it's accumulation that's key. It's not timing the market. I agree. You mentioned that the total stock market, you said it's uh, too U.S. centric and that you need the emerging markets and other. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't the total stock market have things like Nike in it that are national, international? Yeah, and that's the, that's the interesting thing. You know, I recently went to a a uh, kind of not a, a want to say a conference that's what i'm looking for on international investing easy for you to say yeah and and so what as we evolve in international investing which international investing has always been important in fact um you know it, it, ha, you go through cycles when the u.s outperforms but rarely is the u.s the best market rarely even when the market is really good in the u.s rarely it is the best place is it the best place to be um but isn't that because we're more efficient as a market well, we're more mature. So in emerging markets, that means you're emerging. So you could have five or six really bad stories and you know right. four or five really, really good stories. So it's much more volatile, and you have currency issues to deal with as well. But as the world is becoming kind of more tied to one overall GDP in the world, yeah, you have the S&P 500, over half the revenues come from overseas. So international investing will become more of a where is the revenue coming from play, uh, especially with with the U.S., all these U.S. companies doing this tax inversion. Like you look at Medtronic, they're buying Covidian so that they could, you know, be incorporated in Ireland um, to get rid of the U.S. tax system. So it's still a matter of okay, now that company is going to be considered an international company. I don't think so. It's really a U.S. based company. So where are the revenues coming from? But you don't have to get too concerned with that when you're younger. Stock market will treat you well over 10, 15 years, very well. So Ron's question wasn't bad. No, uh, he just needed a little bit more flavor or a little more diversification. Yep. That's something that you also, you talked just a second ago about accumulation, but you also talk on a regular basis about, um, equity diversification, asset allocation. What do those mean real briefly to you? Well, equity diversification is, is sectors. So you don't want to end up with a whole bunch of stocks. If you're doing individual stocks or ETFs that are all basically in the same realm of the economy, whether it's technology, uh, transportation, oil and gas, whatever. You want a little bit of everything because just when you think an area is out of favor, that's when it tends to do really well. Um, Sector allocation, sectors tend to do be the best place to be two or three years in a row, and then they're one of the worst places to be. Sectors rotate in terms of what's in favor and what's out of favor. Same with asset classes. You have large cap, small cap, mid cap, International and the international side, you have developed emerging markets and now frontier markets, very different areas. What are so. Frontier markets, so um, like the Wild West. Yeah, I mean, you can get places like Africa. Okay. Uh, well, Qatar, which is spelled looks like Quetar when you spell it right. right. Um, uh, some some of the places in the Middle East were just graduated up out of the frontier markets into emerging markets. So it's it's different ways to just slice the pie, and you like pie, right? I do like pie. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Amazon's getting into robots. Robots, I'm telling you, we're going to want to talk about this one because betting big on robots isn't a bad idea. Robot Parade. 
Robot, robot parade. Wave the flags that the robots. Well, Amazon's been doing robots already at their factories, right? For sure. Their factories, their um, manufacturing, not manufacturing, but their shipping hubs. Amazon introduced the Kindle and established the appeal of reading on a digital device. A couple years back, Jeff Bezos rolled out the Echo, prompting millions of people to start talking to computers. Now they're working on robots for home. The codename project is Vesta, V-E-S-T-A, named after the Roman goddess of the hearth. Home, family. We've got a couple ex-Apple people working on um, machine vision so this robot can go from room to room with you. I don't know. Sounds kind of creepy. Shall we play a game? Your girlfriend. Who was your girlfriend? Was Did you really have a girlfriend or was your laptop a girlfriend? Hmm. It's a throwback thought of the day. So Amazon Robotics has been around for a while, tied towards a German manufacturing company, and that they do most of their warehouses. Amazon acquired them for $775 million. Back in the day, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, he introduced a three-foot-tall snowman-shaped topo robot back in 83. And the idea of a domestic robots that offer companionship or perform basic chores, it's been tantalizing, and there's been some successes. Remember the robot dog? <laughs> Piece of crap. <laughs> iRobot's Roomba, which only does one thing, vacuum. They've sold over 20 million units. Back in January at CES, LG showed off a robot called Chloe in a demonstration that failed multiple times. Failed. So we keep watching these robots and, you know, the robotic dog, the Ivo. Um... I remember the CEO of Sony telling me how cool it was to have this companion dog who was programmed to also play soccer with you. $1,800. Which, for the record, you could get a nice purebreed dog from a breeder and not have robo-dog. So the consumer robot market, and this is why I give Jeff Bezos all the credit, it's going to be worth about $15 billion by the year 2023. And... That's going to be up from about $5 billion this year. So just a short period of time, there's a lot of growth there, and I believe it. Um, advances in computer vision technology, cameras, artificial intelligence, voice activation, teaching these cars to drive by themselves certainly is going to have a play with teaching robots how to drive around your home, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Big event coming up in Cupertino. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Google's doing a big report on their earnings. I'll talk about that for sure tomorrow. Always enjoy getting out here um, and doing the show for you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We've got a bit of a weaker stock market recently. I think in large part due to rising interest rates and just kind of a shift. 
shift from a market with easy money to a shift with a market with cheap money, but not easy cheap. Where were you when the Beatles died? Where were you when Kennedy was shot? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Where were you when Avicii, the Grammy-nominated electronic dance DJ who performed sold-out shows for feverish fans around the world and also had massive success on U.S. pop radio, died Friday. He was 28 years old. Now, why am I doing an Avicii's dead story? Is it too soon? Is it for me to highlight to you that you two will die? If you listen to his music, you think young people. You think raves, right? I hope you think raves, because if I'm saying that incorrectly, I will die of embarrassment that he's, he's a rave kind of performer. I know he is. Don't talk me out of this. Nothing suspicious about his death. 28 years old. Um, he had some health problems, for sure. Autopsies revealed nothing suspicious, and foul play has been ruled out. Fans in Stockholm observed a moment of silence in his honor on Saturday. People are pretty upset about this. He won two MTV Music Awards. One Billboard Music Award. He suffered from acute pancreatitis in part due to excessive drinking. After having his gallbladder and appendix removed in 2014, he canceled a series of shows in an attempt to recover. So the old drinky drinky. But 28 years old, and I throw that out there again because... None of it. We're all going to die. And we, if you're over the age of 30, you probably know some people that have passed a little bit too early, right? You know, I've got a friend, not a friend, but I got a, yeah, I got a friend whose daughter is at Berkeley. She's in a sorority that, uh, they do a fundraiser every year at this time of the year because one of their sisters died 10 years ago from you know, breast cancer, some sort, of, some sort of cancer, excuse me, for not knowing. But it happens to people this young, 28 years old. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Existing home sales numbers were, again, it depends on who you are. Were they good for you or not good for you? If you have a home, they're good for you. If you don't have a home, then maybe not so much. Sales of existing homes increased 1.1% on a monthly basis in March. That's the second consecutive month of growth, suggesting that buyers are undeterred by the dwindling number of properties available on the market. Housing market continues to be in the grip of an inventory crisis. Crunch. Crunch is probably better than crisis. The overall economy has improved. There has been a 7.2% decline in listings from just a year ago. 7.2% decline in listings. So if you're a realtor, you're like, hey, I don't need a college degree. I'm good looking. I can sell a house. I've lived in houses. But there's just not a lot of inventory. And, you know, it's not lost on anyone that when home prices increase for so many years in a row, commissions increase with them. Home stayed on the market for 30 days in March, down from 34 days a year, down to 30 days a year. 30 days. So if someone puts up their home, it's gone in 30 days. A shortage is causing prices to grow at roughly double the base of wages. The median sales price has risen 5.8% from a year-ago level to $250,400. Home sales did fall for existing homes in the South and West because of lack of inventory. Average rate for a 30-year fixed rate is now 4.47%. So that's out there. 
And that's uh, going in the wrong direction. I talked a little bit about the NFL a little bit earlier, just again to remind you that advertising is pretty dominant. Tastes great, less filling. Do you remember the Swedish bikinis team? Think about all the ad campaigns that have come out of the Super Bowl or the NFL. The things like Spuds McKenzie. A dog who can surf, drink beer, and hang with chicks in bikinis. Like, wait, wait. You're, you're in a marketing meeting right there. Bud Light. So your concept is a dog who can play in a rock band, who can surf. He can do the hand jive and hang out with the ladies in bikinis. Yeah, I guess you could say that was the pitch, right? That's a pitch that's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. So, stock investors are freaking out right now about bonds ending ultimately a three-decade bull run. Um, I don't know if you're in bonds. I don't know how upset you are by that. But uh, as the 10-year treasury moves higher, people are going to start putting new money into new bonds. So, U.S. economy hits the brakes in early 2018, but it's gassed up for the rest of spring. We feel pretty good with that. We got a lot of snow this uh, first quarter of the year. A lot of snow, a lot of cold across the United States, and sometimes we'll uh, hamper hamper economic activity. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.